You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome to episode 77 of the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. My name is Peter Thompson. I'm here with my co-hosts Adi Bulubasis, Costa Levoyanis. Lambro is missing today. He'll be back soon. But uh, we've got a cup game today. We're a bit late for folks who are listening live, but thank you to everybody who stayed up to tune in. Um We've got a cup game to discuss. We're through to the final of the Greek Cup. There's not really too much else going on, guys, uh, but feel free to come in the chat and ask us questions. We love when the uh, the live listeners sort of direct our discussion, makes our jobs a lot easier. A couple housekeeping points that I do want to say before we do get started. Uh, the written interview with Neri Castillo that we mentioned on our last episode, The Big Surprise, will be out on our blog soon, gate7intl.com. Uh, keep an eye out for that in the next couple days, maybe sometime over the weekend. Uh, it's going to be transcribed into English and Greek to make people's lives easier. And of course, you can Google Translate uh, if neither of those languages work for you. But really juicy one, guys. Neri, is a, he's a hard guy to pin down, and he doesn't have actually a lot of interviews uh, out, especially with relating to Olympiacos. So there should be some really interesting and new stuff in there. Uh, additionally, we, as we mentioned last time, are going to be hosting an awards show, the first annual Gate 7 International Awards, giving out, you know, awards to the team, the players, all these things. Uh, the awards show will take place live on May 23rd. So that's a Sunday, the day after the Greek Cup final, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there will be more information coming out on our social media, Gate 7 INTL on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Uh, regarding how the fans will be able to participate in the voting for these awards. Uh, and of course, what awards will be coming out and whatnot. So keep your eyes out on the socials for that. Uh, and I'm personally really excited. It'll be a fun time. We hope to have lots of people in the live discussing the game. Uh, let us know if you have any thoughts about the award show. And uh, additionally, Olympiakos DC Academy have a game coming up this weekend. It's on Saturday. It's at 5 p.m. Eastern time, and they're playing SureSport FC. You can watch online. The link will be posted before the game. We will always be supporting, and uh, we hope that you do the same for uh, the boys down in the DMV area. Additionally, of course, I'd like to say thank you to our sponsors, Piraeus International. Piraeus International has been helping Greeks ship to and from the motherland during COVID-19. Shipments to Greece are going out from Baltimore, Maryland every month. Fill any large U-Haul box, 18 by 18 by 24. Send it to our friends in Baltimore, and it will be shipped to the Port of Piraeus for only $50. Better yet, fill any large wardrobe box and send it for $100. Give them a call at 410-675-4696 or send an email to sales at piraeusintl.com. Now, before we get into the game... 
We do have a couple transfer rumors. The transfer rumors are starting to fly a bit crazy right now, people, especially uh, some of these free transfers. It seems like Olympiacos are really going after the free transfers. Uh, Adi actually has a couple deep dives for us. And from what I understand, one is going to be quick and to the point, And the other one has a little bit more nuance to it. There's some more interesting stuff going on with the second player. So Adi, I'll, uh, I'll let you take it away with that. Thank you, Peter. Uh, well, yeah, there's been two names that are very interesting that we've been linked with pretty heavily. First one is Robin Quason. Kind of came out of nowhere. I still have no idea where this came from or who started it, but whoever started it, delete social media, delete everything, stick to your day job because this is a terrible rumor. Terrible. This guy sucks. I want no part of this. This guy is uh, – he now, don't get me wrong. The guy is big. He's a big dude. Uh, six foot tall, 170. Uh, for those that do, I think centimeters and meters, it's he's like 180, 182 centimeters, and he's about 80, uh, 78 kilos. I think that translates correctly. So he's a pretty big guy. Uh, he hasn't played a lot. He hasn't played a lot. He's played about fit, just under 1,500 minutes this season. That's not too much. So, and there's a reason why, I mean, the guy's got uh, five, he's got five goals, two assists so far in all competitions for his club. Doesn't really do anything. He's played primarily in the center forward and attacking mid position. And he plays on the wing as well. Uh, he, all of his end product has come when he plays at the attacking mid position and the wing. Now for me to describe this guy to you, he's not a volume guy. He doesn't see a lot of touches less than 20 touches a game, which is poor, especially if you're an attacking mid. Uh, now, a lot of that volume is really low, understandably, because the team that he plays for, Mainz, doesn't possess the ball very much. They average about 40% on the season. So they're a defensive team. They don't have a lot of touches on the ball. This guy is a horrible passer. He has a, a pass accuracy cumulative 69% this season. Uh, it's just... Uh, it's just bad decision-making, poor technique, a, l- a couple of things. He averages under two shots a game uh, with half of them on target, which is okay. Uh, doesn't really, in the attacking mid position, less than half, one half of a shot assist per game. It's, it's garbage. Uh, offensive duels, he, he gets closed down a lot. He gets into a lot of situations where he gets closed down by defenses. He's only thir- He's only successful on 32% of those in getting out of those situations or passing out of them. It's just really poor, especially compared to uh, the attacking mids and wingers that we have at our disposal. Uh, no vision. I mean, unless the, unless it's wide open lane in front of him. I mean, this guy is like a worse version of Bacasetas. Like imagine a Bacasetas that can't pass at all, has very low pass accuracy and also can't shoot really. I mean, the, all the guy's goals come from crashing the keeper, which is something you want to see, but it's all he does. It's just, this is terrible. Uh, he has okay work rate off the ball, but it's no, we want no part of this. Even I know the guy's going to be free. His contract runs is up this summer. Even if he's free, I don't want him. He makes 700K a year. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. On to the next one. Now, this is a much more interesting uh, prospect. Simon Olsen, I think, or is it Simone Olsen? I don't know. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Another big boy. 6'1", so uh, metric, that's 185 centimeters. 180 pounds, 81 kilos. This boy is no joke. Plays, plays primarily as a 10, 
but can play deeper as well. He plays a lot in both positions. Um, he played uh, the the Swedish season is a little different. It's a little weird. I, I just found this out myself. Um, so I'm basing a lot of this that he only he hasn't played a lot of games so far in the 2021 year, but the Swedish season set up a little bit differently than ours. Now, this kid played over 3,000 minutes for the 2020 calendar year. Uh, four goals, six assists, um, with XG of seven. So some opportunities definitely missed there. X and uh, expected assists of 5.38. So creates opportunities and it gets into goal scoring opportunities. The finishing, we could argue, maybe should be a little bit higher. Now, in terms of his creation, uh, there's definitely some vision here. This kid has an eye for the for runners. He knows where his team is. Uh, incredible, almost two shot assists per 90, which is for Tunis level in terms of production here. Uh, about a cross per 90. Uh, for Tunis is a little bit more than that if we're comparing him to him, but it is more than, uh, you know, some of like our, our deeper lying center mids. Uh, much more successful, gets into almost 10 offensive duels per game, much more successful getting out of them than Quayson. Uh, averages over four passes in the penalty area per game. Um, now, here's where it starts to get interesting. As a center mid, in terms of his defensive duels, aerial duels, this guy engages in almost seven, seven instances where he closes down players a game, almost 60% success rate. Aerial duels... Not too many, one, one, one to two a game, fit almost 50%. Uh, th- almost three interceptions and seven recoveries a game. Now, for those of you that have listened to some of our stat breakdowns of s- somebody on this current Olympiacos team before, this might sound really, really familiar to you because these stats that he has defensively mirror Mari Camara to a T, which is just really weird whether it's coincidence or not, but they mirror him to a T. Uh, now, in terms of, we'll say, some of the more subjective things, some of the things I saw with him on the pitch, uh, incredible technique. Ball's very close to him. For such a big guy to have such a close touch and such a nice touch, very interesting to me. You don't see a lot of really tall guys that can do that. Deceptively quick with his feet. I mean, quick feet, moving, uh, he he's also in turn like in terms of sprinting like not Oleg level fast but he's quick in his own right especially in short distances uh, the vision I brought it up briefly before when we talked about his shot assists through balls I mean this guy had some incredible sends from angles I couldn't believe he did it from uh, there was a game there was a game that he had uh, I think it was a cup game uh, it might have been a, a cup game and he so he's on the left side of the field literally on the touchline. And there's a runner going from half field, running across from two defenders. He plays the ball and curls it through the defensive line, curls it perfectly for for his man, and the guy almost scores. Uh, it was an amazing ball, and he did that multiple times. The ball, he does almost what it, he has almost complete control of the ball when it leaves his foot. It felt like he couldn't he couldn't put a ball wrong. I mean, the guy, just like Madi also, averages over like in the 80th percentile in the mid-80s in terms of his pass completion. Volume, 40 touches a game. Okay, that's lower than our mids, but he doesn't, he's not on the ball as much in Sweden. His team isn't on the ball as much as we are in Greece. 
great body language too. I like this guy. I like what I see. And for me, I don't want to go too far here because some people will definitely be like, oh, this is impossible. But there's definitely the makings of a Mahdi 2.0. Kid just turned 23 years old. He's a year younger than Mahdi. And with everything we've seen, all the players we've been linked with the last three years, this is the closest thing I've seen from any transfer rumor to being what Mahdi is. Because remember, guys, Mahdi can technically play at the 10 too. He can play at the 10. He can play as a DM if needed. He can play as a, a center mid. He's an all-purpose eight. This kid, from, from almost two hours of film I watched, seems like he can do that. And the data is remarkably similar. So I, I, this is must-buy for me. I want this kid. I mean, Adi, maybe uh, this is just based off what I've heard from you, but it almost seems like he would be a really good player in a 4-3-3. Um, and like, and, and, you know, because, and we might talk about it. We talked about it a little bit last time, but like the four, two, three, one doesn't seem to be Martin's preferred, uh, you know, preferred form on the pitch. And, uh, of course, you know, you have, you've said that Olsen can play at the 10, but maybe he sort of fits in that, like not 10, but furthest forward midfielder in the three, almost a little bit better than Madi. Cause I think sometimes when Madi would be in that role, especially when he would get really forward, like it's sort of, he's a bit out of position and, and he's not being used to his fullest effectiveness. So I almost maybe wonder if Olsen would actually be a, a little bit more comfortable, not necessarily better than Madi, but a little bit more comfortable and, and be able to develop more in that position. So one thing I didn't touch on, uh, and I always bring up some negatives with the players. So no one heard any negatives yet from me with this kid. Now I will say this, he does as much as many great things as I watched the, the, the effort, the energy, he does make sometimes some really weird and questionable decision. And I don't know if it's because a lot of the time, look, it does come late in the game or later in the game. Part of me wonders if sometimes he can get too settled into a game. If he starts off well, and then he's like, oh, okay, I'm doing fine. Let me just back off. I, I can do whatever I want, whatever's working. Because there were some times I was watching, and, and he would just make like some really questionable decisions. Like uh, An example, uh, there were a couple of games where, uh, or a couple of instances in the same game where he would, have, he would be closed down by two, three players, right? Now, he would have a guy wide open laterally or square, but instead of playing the easy ball he would try to take them on or he would run into a corner and get himself closed down even worse and it's like play just play the simple ball you don't have to do that much Madi doesn't do that now I can't remember if in the first year Madi did that a lot I don't remember him ever being that type of player Madi always had a certain level of discipline the difference between Madi when he first started for me and like and this and this kid's uh Olsen Madi's touch was not quite as crisp the the execution also wasn't quite there so this kid the execution was phenomenal he almost couldn't put a ball wrong he seems a bit overconfident but and, and see and that's why i wonder what it is sometimes i think he after especially when he gets into a game that he over oh, he has too much confidence in what he think he can do and that's why he does make some of these weird decisions so it's like a different it's a different problem that we're going to have. Madi, we needed to develop some some technique, some technical ability, which he's flourished with. This kid, it's going to be more of a mental battle. So it's it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. 
That worries me more. I'm going to be honest with you. Like maybe it's just PTSD from Ruben Vinagre, but like that <laughs> we'll see. I, I mean, I think he's probably worth it, but um, anyway, I mean, there's one more transfer rumor that I just want to sort of have at least have a laugh about because <laughs> we were linked with Gigi Buffon uh, a, a few days ago. <laughs> I just like, uh, I forget where the source came from, but classic, classic link from the Greek press. Like Buffon is old. He's going to come to Greece. Guys, is this like, is 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 there any point in him coming? Like, are you taking this remotely seriously? Do you even want him? Like, I'm just kind of laughing at it and throwing it to the side, but I know people are talking about it, so I figured I'd bring it up. Seriously, no. No. There's not, not a lot to say about that. It was picked up in Tuto, Tuto, Tuto Sport in, in Italy, and the Greeks replayed it. Um, apparently sporting Lisbon, Frankfurt, and some other clubs were rumored to be interested in, in signing him. And, and we were one of one of five, I think, that were listed in this Tutor Sport article. But honestly, what he's with all due respect, it's Gigi Buffon's one of the best keepers I've ever seen in my lifetime. So Nothing but respect for him, but just I, I think it's I think it's bullshit. Like, I just don't <laughs> no. Random random thought. Imagine legend World Cup champion Gigi Buffon playing at mid-tier Frankfurt in Germany. <laughs> that, that would that would be a sight for me. I mean, I, maybe they're I think they're maybe in Europe. Frankfurt had a but... good team a couple of years ago, man. They, yeah, yeah I mean, but then they lost everyone. Or most yeah, what's his everyone. name? The um, Jovic left. Yeah, um, the, Jovic went to Madrid, and the kid uh, Williams went to Newcastle. I think he was with their team. Andre Silva's having a good season for them this year, though. Paciencia uh, went there as well, didn't he? After he I think had so. that, they um, they lost. They lost a lot. Yeah, but Andre Silva's banging in goals for them this year, so credit to them. Anyway, um, should we get into the game? Uh, I know if people are watching live, they're probably ready to get into the game. Um, for the first time in a while, we've seen a team that looked like champions, I would say. Um, the first time this year in our four matchups against Yanina that we've scored more than one goal against them, we finally broke through. Um, I think we could have scored a lot more. This is something maybe we'll get into in a bit, but uh, we looked very good in attack. Um, it's always nice to play against Yanina uh, in relation to some of these other smaller clubs because they get into the game a little bit as well, and they had a goal. Uh, and, and a few other chances to credit to them. They had some set pieces. Um, so it was an enjoyable game to watch for me. It was a great result. Um, locked it up pretty early, and, and you know they did get a goal and sort of put us on notice, but we didn't really uh, waver. We got right back on with a goal ourselves, and uh, the rest is history. We're through to the final, playing Pauker Ike. Um, yeah, I mean, thoughts on the game, guys. I see some comments about El Arabi. Uh, I thought he was fantastic. The second goal was was beautiful. Um, I would say it was like a, a, a slightly worse version of his goal against Omonia when he sort of did that same move where he he sort of fakes the shot and then t puts it to the left and then shoots. But of course, he was closer to the goal this time, so it wasn't as majestic. But um, absolutely took, uh, I think, Sadiakas, I think it was, absolutely took him to school. Fantastic. And then uh, clear penalty on the first goal. I feel like it, I can't remember the last time we've got a penalty. I feel like since the last time we've gotten a penalty, like six or seven teams have gotten penalties against us. Um, yeah. But maybe that's just me. 
No, we, we then, put the uh, statistic up, remember? That we, yeah, we pulled the ridiculous. least number of penalties in the league. And it's by a long shot. And what's and even crazier about that, man? You know what's even crazier about that? We probably have the ball more than anyone else in the league. We do. Right? So we should, we like, do. we have more attempts. We have more, like, time in the box. You know what I mean? It's like, anyway, I'm not – it's yeah. not important. But, yeah, we get a penalty. We had some troubles with missing penalties, I feel, at the beginning of the year as well. Like, Valbuena, I think, had missed a couple. Fortunis, I think, even missed one. I don't remember if Adarabi missed one, but he, he had no troubles with it today. Yeah. What's that, Costa? He did miss one? Adarabi did miss one earlier yeah. in the season yep. as well, I remember. Yeah, yeah I, I just remember we were having a tough time with penalties. Um, and then Bruma in the second half scores. Uh, he had more good opportunities than I could count, guys. Uh, he, he looked all right. I, I, I'd say he looked good. I would say he looks better than all right. But he missed some goals that I would have liked him to score as well, it has to be said. And so did Adarabi. There was the one in the, the second half, that right at the beginning of the second half, that oh, yeah. empty net, basically, he should have put home. And uh, it didn't seem as bad because we were up 2-0, but Yanina promptly went and scored a goal after that. But, I mean, the there's some comments as Bruma, or about Bruma as well on the live. I don't know. Oh, what, do you, what did you guys think about the game? Think about the attackers. Sign Bruma for 20 mil. Um, I'm going to gonna I'm gonna quiet that down. We're going to have to say no to that, but... Well, I want to read the comment from Chris Oxford that we posted that or that we threw up there. Uh, can we get some El Arabi appreciation? I can't remember the last time I saw someone hold the ball up and bring others into the game like he does and obviously is finishing too. In our chat during the game, we uh, I brought up, and Costa, you talked about it as well, that the last time we had a striker that scored as many goals in all competition, I don't think it was this many. I think it was like 23 or 24. It was Darko Kovacevic. It was a long time ago. And I don't, I think it was like 24. And El Arabi's now on 27 this year. With lots of assists as well, man. We, exactly. Like, with he's six been, assists. He's so involved. So, I mean, he is, I can't remember the last time we had a striker that was this productive. I can't. I mean, you think Mitro of all those. Midroglu, Mitchell season, 2014. The he season before he got sold. If Lambert yeah. were here, he wouldn't let you say this, Adi. He wouldn't let you uh, forget I, I about Mitroglu. Because I couldn't remember Mitroglu having that many he goals. Was, he, oh, man. <laughs> that, the season I remember it was him, a lot. The season, we sold him, the season we sold him to, to Fulham, he had like 1.5 goals a game or something stupid. I mean, it's called the all master for you said that, that was the 2015, 2016 season. 20, I think it was the 2014, 2015 season. It was the season we sold him the season. So we, I have the stats up now, 14, 15. He had uh, 16 goals and 24 appearances in the league. Uh, only played two games in the cup. If we go to Europe, three goals in Europe. So that, those yeah. are the three he scored against Anderlecht. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. So, and what was do we have an assist count for him? Because Y Scout doesn't go that far back. But there was also there was also the um the thirteen the, the season he got sold in the middle of the year, he was like absolutely on fire. But of course he didn't play full that, season. That was that was that yeah. season. Yeah. That was that se- 2015, that was 2015. season. Yeah. So well, he I mean he didn't have as many goals, but he played half the games. So I mean Exactly. Yeah. But that season he was at his highest he was at his peak he was i remember he was coming back uh, as el arabi is now and kind of you know holding the ball up and spraying it out to the left spraying it out to the right 
Um, that's that's probably the closest comparison I can find right now. Kovacevic obviously was just an absolute killer in the box. If you got the yep. ball in the box, nine point nine times out of ten he's going to score. Um, I don't really. He didn't have the creativity, let's say, or the vision of the pass that El Arabi has, because El Arabi can spot a pass. He can play that kind of cross field ball, put some spin on it, like inside of the foot, outside of the foot. Uh, I don't think we've had a striker quite like him, actually, but probably the closest comparisons are Kovacevic in terms of like how lethal he is in front of goal, and then possibly Costa in that season in 2014. But I really yeah. think he's in a category of his own. I think the entire front three today actually looked, at least in build-up, like the amount of times we just had those three, Masuras, Bruma, El Arabi, just running at the running at Yanina. Um, like it seems like it was just every every couple minutes, like they would just be zooming down the pitch. Um, and then, of course, like as I've said, I'm going to complain about the end product. But um, like in that buildup, we looked so dangerous. There were some attacks where it was like those three were linking up and just looking so nice and so dangerous. I do think the three four three is a good part of it too, because Masuras and Bruma, I think, sort of work uh, in the three four three, like running in. Um, and having Oleg and Andrusos on the on the flanks, I think like that core in the three four three is like so good. Um, this is like the first time in a while we've seen the team in its full strength. Really, I mean, I hate to say it because Fortunis didn't play, but like you know, we played, we fielded a very strong team today, um, and you know, the the fullbacks as well. Yeah, actually, Fetanos. Um, I'm assuming we mean the same person when when he says this, but Socrates, man. <laughs> you're you i was gonna actually give him a shout out but i'll he was my god what a signing he's been he's uh he was on he was unreal today like just everywhere like i don't i can't remember if he put a foot wrong he was fantastic but no nonsense yeah no like, nonsense depending and i have to say like semedo there were a few head scratchers from today for me uh there were a few moments and it's fine like it's we kind of know he does this but like there were you know socrates you don't see that or at least i didn't today Guys, it was just nice to watch a proper football game. Yeah. yeah. I haven't yeah. seen a proper football game in a yeah. while. It was like, like I, I was... My eyes bleeding at the Esteras game and the Bout game. Yeah. Like, I think we, end we, to end. Yeah, we Love were saying... I, I think I was saying in the chat when, when the game started, I was like, is it is it the Cosmote camera angles that are moving quite fast <laughs> or are the players actually running today? And they were running. It was end to end and they were getting into space and... and, and we were creating some good opportunities and just some some really nice football to watch. And I think Bruma screwed up a couple of Bruma could have had four goals more. today, man. He could have had he four. screwed up a couple of opportunities <laughs> where he was through on goal and he could have completed oh. some beautiful actions of play. It's like I always says, pick the goddamn corners. Like if he can just I mean he got one, so we can't be that mad, but oh yeah. No, but all, 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 all in all, Bruma, Masuras, and El Arabi up Arabi. front, they were causing havoc. Oh, yeah, that's what they I'm were. Saying. Their end product they, just sucked. Was, yeah. yeah, we won well, three to one, but their end product was terrible. I actually want to say, like, is it just me? Like, the whole team end product this year has just been poor. Like, I like Hassan, Bruma, Masuras, Lazar, El Arabi, even like. Every single one of our attackers, like Vrusai, we haven't seen as much from because he hasn't played a lot. Like, and also, I mean, he's quite good. 
But like, why do we just always miss sitters? Is this like a thing? I mean, we see it against Yanina. We see it against Arsenal. It, it like, is this just, am I just imagining things? Or is this like something that we didn't see last year? I mean, maybe it's just like things we've talked about before. Like we don't have Porence anymore, but I'm, <laughs> it's very frustrating to watch, even in games that we win. It's not as bad as the first season. Well, yeah, yeah. let's say the first season the first was season was bloody awful. I still <laughs> think maybe the first season we played the nicest football that we've played in in Martinez's three years, but without the end product without Guerrero well, no striker, yeah, Guerrero, Guerrero and Hassan as your strikers. Put was Mano there that year as well? Um, well, Costa Fortuny had a. He had a well. He got the, year, the injury. That was the year Fortunis was our best goal scorer. I think the first. Oh, uh, one of yeah. He was the he was leading scorer in the league even after ridiculous. the injury. Yeah, yeah. Even after the injury, he was still like top three. Like just, I think he scored twelve goals, and mm-hmm. he he got injured before halfway through the season. No, 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 no. The ACL was preseason. After that was that preseason. Season. Oh, so it yeah. was that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. no, he, he completed the full season. The ACL right. was like right before. So then the there was the, it was the season before that that I was thinking of. Yeah. 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 And then, or whatever, it was the at that season. But yeah, he had 12 goals that season, and he also led in, in assists. So. Made that back next year. Yeah. Now, the, the issue with Fortuny has always been, and it was that season as well, that, that first season under Martins, is that we, you know, we played the 4-2-3-1, and we played through him. But when you have one of those games where his body language is bad and his head is down and you have a formation that's built to go through him and he's not on his game, it screws everything. So what uh you know that's that's what you have with him. And I think that's probably why Martins has slowly gone away from the four, two, three, one. Because having forcing everything through one person, especially if he's having a bad game, it screws up the whole it screws up the entire system. So I think uh, it's Vios who made the the comment about Arabi being paired to Benzema. Don't make that comment around uh, Valbuena. I'm just going to say that. But Benzema <laughs> had a very nice goal yesterday uh, as well. It has to be said. Very well done from him. But um, And Vios also said, considering all the sitters we missed this year, we still managed to score 100 goals. So maybe yeah. I am just complaining about nothing. Well, um, funny enough, I will say this, Peter. Our... Uh, despite how much we complain about us missing sitters and everything, our total our goal total goal scoring is ahead of our expected goals. So, like the when you think about it, the, some of the stuff that we think is a sitter and what actually is mathematically considered a sitter based on that x goal x assist model, we have scored more goals than it'd be expected. So technically. If you look at it from the XG perspective, we are around it's our average of in terms of goal scoring is like almost two a game. And then the expected goal is 1.77. So we're we're kind of right there. We score we're scoring basically what could be reasonably expected. But it still stands for me that the majority of the we have so many great opportunities that get wasted just because we have terrible end product from some guys. Bruma can't miss 
Bruma can't pick a corner most of the time. Even El Arabi today had a couple of his moments. And yes, Fetanos, that's right. I was going to say that, Adi, when you were done. I was yeah. going to say, what if what if all the sitters get canceled out by Hassan scoring goals that are .01 XG? Yeah, <laughs> he beat me to the punch because I was going to get to that. But yeah, like that that Hassan bicycle kick was like a .03. And yeah, right. it completely screws up the average because if he misses all the ones, but then he, it does. So, but that's... But no, it's it's nice to have the context from the Y Scout, though, yeah. to be fair, Adi. So I do appreciate um, providing that because I also think it's like a halo effect when you're like, God damn it, Bruma, you coat like missing that goal and you remember it. And so um, but I mean, I think aside from the goals, Bruma was was very good today. One of potentially the better games that we've seen from him in a pretty <laughs> meaningful game. I mean, it's the cup, but like still in the sense that if we lose, we're out. So um I actually have to hand it to him. I'm still not paying 7 million euros for no. him. And I don't think no. I also from what we've ho- from what we've heard it's unlikely that they go that high I would say. At least that's yeah. my sort of gut feeling. So I don't know, maybe I would take him back. I I think Costa said this before but like if we can just go with Masuras and Brusai man like who who is Bruma like we don't need to worry about him. I mean we could still bring in another winger but like if we get Brusai like consistently in the team and starts to be playing well you start to see more and more though that he's he is gelling with the team. And no, that's true. He he's running into the spaces and like he was connecting quite well with uh, with Oleg down the left hand side. But all and, I'm saying all I'm saying is like we don't need to rely on Bruma to start if he's in a bad patch of form. He can have a seat yeah. and Rusai can come in because we've yeah, seen yeah. his bad patch of form and yeah, we don't want him on fair. the pitch. That's all I, I'm saying. But yeah, I agree yeah. with you today. He I, is- I, I I still don't. I still don't see it happening in terms of his um in terms of his price tag. Don't know if he's going to be there next season. That you know he's scoring goals and he's getting noticed by by other clubs. I wonder if PSV's having second thoughts as well about keeping him. I I don't know. I mean, what's he got like nine goals? Like the the numbers if you look at them they're they're pretty good. And he's been he's been getting games. He's getting into rhythm. You can clearly see that. You can clearly see what Martin sees in him. What he what he offers yes. in terms of the pace, and just the ability to 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 to, to run into those spaces. And once he's ahead of the defender, the defender's finished. The only yep. thing the defender can do is 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 a red card tackle from behind to stop him. If he's gone past you, there's no there's no catching up. And there are. He is one of the fastest wingers I've seen at the club, um, but again, I'm not paying. I'm not paying six or seven million for him. Uh, I just hope we don't end up this summer going back to the drawing board and talking about Gary Rodriguez every no. every couple of days. <laughs> that that's really what I what I what I want to avoid. For me, and I feel like every game Bruma plays the initial deep dive I did on him in the winter just becomes like more and it just ages better and better because we see the same things he's got. Now he does have like today was goal number nine and then he's got five assists, but we see the same things, right? The, the movement is great. Always has been the touch is a little bit awkward, but you can see that the influence of the Dutch league, with his link up, the close link up play with his teammates, he's actually pretty good. He doesn't always misplace some of those one twos or the you know between the triangles with his teammates, the close triangles. He, but this is the problem: tunnel vision. How many times he has? He doesn't have vision. He doesn't have vision at all. Now, but like I said, great work ethic. 
He can run. He's very fast. He doesn't need to have like the sexiest footwork to get by defenders because he beats them. He beats them with his quick cuts and speed. So that that's what you get from him. So is that product that offering worth seven million? Absolutely not. But I'm okay. Again, it, it's all value. It's a value proposition here. We get him for the right price under two million. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm all right. You know, we paid two million for Hassan. I don't see why we don't pay two million for Bruma. You know, <laughs> he at least offers us a, a wider portfolio. The one thing I would like, which is easily worked on, somebody needs to work on finishing with Bruma in the goddamn training ground. Pick a fucking corner. I swear to God. If I see more people hit it right at the keeper, I'm going to lose my mind. This is ridiculous. Adi, I'm going to ask you to be careful with those analogies with the pay $2 million for Hassan. You should pay this much for Bruma. You're starting to sound like Alexis Kujias over there. Sure enough, PSV are going to be saying, you paid $3 million for Pepe. We want our $7 million for Bruma because he's twice the player Pepe is. So I'll just say, be a bit careful with that. But anyway, um, changing the subject a little bit, the fullbacks today, it was nice to see Oleg and Andrutsos. Um, I feel like for some reason, people have like been discussing Oleg in a bit of a negative light, and I understand he's not perfect, but I thought both of them were fantastic today, personally. Um, a couple moments from Oleg where um, it was a bit of a head-scratcher. Like There was one point when uh, they had it in their third, and he cleared it like for a corner, like he just kicked it out, and I was like, why did he do that? But maybe it was like Saw telling him to. I don't know. It just seemed like could have actually worked it out and got it in our you know area or cleared it at least but i don't know uh any any thoughts on those two i mean uh, we've been pretty pretty high on both of them throughout the season but it just uh the formation looks good when it's those two running down the wings i would say andrutos was fantastic today i can't pick anything negative on him today honestly um, uh, there was that counter that in the first half where that almost led to a goal for them when he kind of like messed up his marking and then he got beat by Pamlidis on the on the left side. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. Honestly, but the rest of the game was pretty good. Compared to Oleg on the left-hand side, there were yeah, definitely a couple of moments where I thought I'm having am I having second thoughts about him? Mm, just that corner that he gave away, he like dribbled himself into trouble and then couldn't get the ball out of his feet and he knocked it out by accident. And you were just like, what are you doing? Yeah, it, it, it was, yeah, it was weird. And then he, and then, and then you see why we bought him. Just the pace puts his head down and his, 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 his legs just drive him up the He's wing. strong as well, man. He's yeah. not That's afraid what of the, the, the first goal. He got the ball on the left-hand side. Saliakas was in front of him and he's like, I'm going to take you on. And he threw the ball in front of the defender and he just went for it. The ball and he did the cutback to uh, who was it to Bruma and Bruma yep. won the penalty, and it all started from him on the left hand side. That the pace was incredible. We were just at one point in the game, I said, Is the guy on steroids? Like, he's just absolutely killing it down the left hand side. No mercy, yep. no mercy. He's relentless. Yep, and even in like the let's say the poor performances he's had, where people are like, Oh, he's not good enough for this team. We haven't had anybody with the volume in terms of his what he does during a game on a per 90-minute basis, the touches that he gets, how many times he gets forward, the number of crosses. Uh, well, okay, maybe not the number of crosses, the, the number of attempts for progressive runs. The guy is averaging almost 45 touches a game, close to 50 touches a game. 
There's only one other left back that's done that for us. And he's at Liverpool right now, sitting on the bench. So I understand that, you know, okay, you know what? Simikas was always really good defensively, and Oleg is a little questionable. I, I understand that, and I don't necessarily disagree. But nobody else that we've had or tried has had that work rate and the ability to get do as much offensively as Simikas did for us in the previous season. Oleg does that, and his, his volume with crosses is almost there too. The dribbles, getting forward. He's actually better in one-on-one dribbling situations than Simikas was with us. Just something for you, for everybody to to remember. Oleg's going to come good for us. I'm not worried about it. Um, Adi, a, a random thought again, and I know I'm addressing you because I wonder if you might have uh, stats for this because I'm just going based off what I've seen. I've, in the 3-4-3, I feel like we don't cross a whole lot, but like not, not a problematic amount. Maybe I'm just watching too much Premier League football where literally all they do is just get out to the wings and cross and pray, but like... I feel like we do a lot of like Oleg comes out and then um, sort of gets it into the middle area with Bruma or somebody and then get into the box that way, which is clearly effective. Uh, I wonder like what your perspective has been on that. Maybe I'm just like picking out a few moments and sort of exaggerating. Yeah. uh, I actually thought we, I think we crossed more. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, And then the first time we started with the three, four, three was against Arsenal. Um, yeah, no, we're averaging almost uh, looks like 18 and a half. Uh, so if I take that out, the rest of the season, 16. So we're crossing more now. Uh, and it makes sense because you're you're giving more leeway to your wing backs to get forward because you have three center backs covering them. And that was part of the problem in the 4-2-3-1 is if you don't have wing backs that are comfortable with who's behind them or if your center backs aren't amazing, or if your midfielders aren't dropping back for them as well, then it's it, you know it's difficult to get that production. So we actually are doing it is the, the crossing volume is higher now, uh, at least at least just the uh, now I, I can be more sure and specific if I actually like put this in Excel and and do the math. But I'm just looking at it here, and it's the the lowest number of crosses we've had since we've switched to the three four three system was uh well actually sorry against ike when we beat them five to one we only had six crosses but the rest of them it's like 22 23 19 18 17 it's it's just way higher on a whole when the rest was like i said fifth you know about 16 but see that's that's also interesting because the game we scored five goals we only had six crosses as well like remember how many goals we scored but from their mistakes and it just ended no i know yeah that's fair enough that's the context there so i don't really take that too much into account but you know, the, the volume is it's good going forward but the three four three remember it's predicated on the movement from your inside wingers and that def- that midfield combo the midfield combo that you have there they have to be machines we see what happens when we don't have both center mids working in tandem or working at a hundred percent the whole thing becomes quite lackadaisical and when we play against teams that pack it in, get really condensed and park the bus. A lot of it kind of nullifies the three, four, three. I've noticed that look at the games where teams have parked the bus on us teams that have parked the bus on us in that three, four, three setup. And then we also have those issues that compound it. We have the lowest, lowest XG for everything. It's the whole thing is it's, it's very contextual and it's, uh, 
Well, uh, Feto, the midfield combo don't even need to eat, and they're still machines. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's. Yeah, but it's unfair. I was thinking yeah. that today, like watching the game today, I really thought <laughs> it's like Camara yep. and Envi Envila in the midfield. It's just it's unfair. Yeah, it's unfair. It's, it they're, is. They're, they're too good. Like, well, I mean, I I was asking myself the question like. Is this the best Olympiacos team that I've seen in the modern era, like the modern footballing era? Forget the kind of Yanakopolo, Georgievic, Jorgat, Mavrogenidis team. I'm talking like the last 10 years. Is it the best team we've seen, like really kind of athletic, fit, physical, but with, you know, technical ability as well, pace? Like you look at it and you saw it all over the park today, the pace. And, and in the midfield in particular as well, those Camarán and Villa, well, we've never seen we've never seen a midfield pairing like that before. And in a 3-4-3, it changes everything when those two play. How many times have we seen those two play in a 3-4-3? Well, I just season? looked it up, Costa. This is the only other time besides Arsenal that in the 3-4-3 that they've played together. Exactly. It's been Thiago Silva, it's been Buharakis a lot. One of one of the other has gotten a day off. Yeah. I I would definitely make the argument that Madi and Envila is the best tandem midfield combo we've ever had. Or or sorry, not ever under Madi Nike. Under Madi Nike, I think this is the best midfield combo we've had, and we've had some pretty good ones. So things that have done a service for us. We've had uh, a midfield combo that even took us to round of sixteen Champions League against Manchester United. But I'll with be Maniatis. honest with Maniatis, exactly a nice. repurposed. Right and back. this just goes to show you, like people were complaining about the four, or the three, four, three, the last few weeks. Like, oh, I'm so tired of it. And like, yes, I get it. If like we don't have the per, like when uh, you know a lot of people were injured, um, I get it. Also, Kostas Papi Dimitriou, brother's a huge giant tip outside post game Olympiakos is first in the whole world in championships in the past ninety years with forty six. No one like three bills. Excellent, excellent point. Um, what was I saying? Yes, the 343. People are complaining about the 343. It's like, of course, man. Like, look what happens when our top midfielders are in this system. Like, this is why, this is what we're hoping to use in Europe, this team. Yeah. And like, mm. I can't, well, Madi might be on his way out, but like, something yeah, like this. Not, when, there's no way he's staying, man. There's just no way. Staying, I can't. Madi, like, saw. They're gone. Need, need Madi and saw to like high five too hard and like, break their hands in a manner that they can return next season, but people are scared from signing them like just a high five in training. And it's like, ah, I can't do it, but I'll be back in three to four weeks. Something like that would be a miracle, I think. But no, I mean, that's fair. But all, the, the point I'm making is like, yes, people complain about the three, four, three, but it's because we didn't have the personnel and when we do have the personnel at work. So hopefully we can find the people to play it next summer, or move to another formation. I don't know. I think people underestimate a lot the fact that uh, we've said it before, no preseason and the the 343 was never it was never tried and tested. It was, yeah. I mean it was tried and tested against Arsenal. I think there's, he he made a big gamble going into that game tactically with that and it came off. Okay, we we didn't progress but the game was lost in the first match. But you know Peter you talked about we don't cross as much. Uh, we're not getting the balls out to the wing. The automations between the players, they're then either not there or they're developing. 
you started to see it a bit today with Oleg and, and Bruma, but it hasn't been worked on in training. And Valbuena has been a big, a big part of the uh, crossing volume. He's not played recently. He's been injured the last two, three months and been getting 15, 20 minutes here and there. So we've lost that kind of element of you know, getting goals in from crosses. Uh, we've been capitalizing on, on a lot of mistakes, pressing high up the field and playing the ball through the middle, counting on our inside forwards to, to look for gaps in between the defenders. And that's worked. That's worked the uh, the last couple of games in particular. We've seen a lot of it. But let's see. I mean, um, what have we got to look forward to? The league games are going to be... The cup final. Yeah. Yes. That's it. That's all we've got to look forward to. And and yeah. I hope I hope to God that we get Balk in the final because we owe something after that 2-0 defeat a couple of weeks ago where we just didn't turn up. I think the team was completely just didn't care. They went for a nice trip to Thessaloniki and said, okay, we'll probably see you guys in the cup final. So I hope we see them in the cup final. And um, that's all we've got to look forward to. And then pre-season and, and transfer rumours and gossip. Uh, Vios was asking about Quasson. Vaya, we talked about that right at the beginning of the pod. And um, you can go back and listen to it after, I guess. But basically, the long and the short of it is that Ari said, no, no, this guy is not what we're looking for. Not good enough. Even if he's free, not not good enough for us. Nope. Um, I, I have one more thing, and Costa, Costa you kind of hinted at it. Uh, I can Pauk play tomorrow. Pauk have the away goal. Uh, they're one nil ahead on aggregate. Uh, are we all sort of thinking that Pauk are going to advance? Any any uh, hot takes or predictions for the game tomorrow? Um, I'm probably not even going to watch. To be completely honest with you, I want Pauk as well. Uh, even though Ike is a free win, I want Pauk and I want to, I want to hand it to them. So, um, but I mean, yeah, that was, uh, that was actually a point I hadn't forgot to say it, but thoughts, any, any thoughts on the game or just no one cares. Pauk will probably win. I, I, actually, think, that. I actually think <laughs> Ike is doing a little bit better recently. Galanopoulos does wonders for their midfield and That's makes true. them click a little bit more. And now, like the players that I had mentioned to Greg when we had him on for post-match the, during the Glendy, it was uh, they, they weren't trusting like Albanese or Karim Anzarivard. They trust those guys now. They're playing. They actually play better. These guys have better energy. For me, they're better players than Oliveira, who's been very disappointing. So I think they could pull it off. I think they could. And then we get our VIP platinum tier Pelates for the cup final. I would love that. See, I take a free trophy, right? Maybe Lazar gets in, has something to oh, celebrate God. about. <laughs> uh, Bio says Remontada Ike tomorrow. We'll see, man. <laughs> Maybe it's still only a goal. So who knows? Anyway, um, as we begin to wrap up, a bit of a short one, guys, but uh, man of the match and coach's grade. Although I know Costa was outspoken against the coach's grade uh, last time. So uh, maybe we'll just do. <laughs> can, can I just say something? Uh, yeah, yeah. Fetano says, no need for Saab. Buffon is coming. Now we need Pirlo to come to to replace Maddie. I'll take Pirlo at 50 any day of the week, but I'm just Pirlo magic. 
Juve looking for gonna gonna let him go and find a new coach. Um, anyway, man of the match for me, I'm gonna be a bit of a contrarian, and actually Fetanos kind of stole this because I had it in my mind to give it to uh, Socrates, Socrates Bulubasis, Adi's long lost cousin. Um, fantastic today, man! Like I. He's been great. I, I don't want to say anything to jinx it. Like he's just been fantastic all year long uh, since we've signed him. Um, huge for our team. He's he's really fit in. Like the experience and the class just oozes from this guy. You you take one look at him and you can just tell uh, that he's played in big big games for big big teams. So Socrates is my man of the match. Uh, coach's grade. I'm gonna give Martins, I guess, an, uh, an A minus. Like, it's not really much to say here. I didn't expect young players today. That's been like my only gripe of him since the season ended. We played a strong team. Uh, we still got some guys 30 minutes of rest at the end of the game. We won. Eh, what else is there to say? Shall I go? All right. Man of the match, Kavlara B. Two goals, assists. End of story. You don't need... I mean, I said Andrusos had a good game for me. Socrates was magnificent at the back. I said he was an absolute tyrant. Anybody that came near him was just like, get out of here immediately. But it's Celarabi, for sure. The two goals and the assist, he's the key man in the game. So for me, he gets my man of the match. Coach's grade, uh, okay. Same. A minus, like B plus. He set up the team strong from the beginning. That's what he had to do. I think uh, we got we got an early goal with with the penalty. It was a, it was a good setup. Um, okay, we've talked about the youngsters before. The fact that they don't play. Uh, I have a big question mark over what's going on with Fortunis as well. I don't want to get into it again, um, but I'm. I'm starting to think there may be more to to this whole story with with Fortunis. I and and it frustrates me, but I don't want to get into that again. Uh, well, I guess for my man of the match, um, I, I you know I kind of feel I do feel like I have to give it to El Arabi as well. I mean, he did have a he had a solid game, and again, I, I say this all the time: it's it's hard when you have a guy that scores two goals to not give him the man of the match. Um, I do want to give a special shout out though to Jan Vila and Mari Gamara. I thought both had great games and when they're both there, you just, we're just a different team. Can you imagine those two guys and then Rebchuk and Andruzos in the fall during our champions league? I think we take second spot. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to say that maybe, maybe it's unreasonable, but I'm saying that right now. Uh, and then for coaches grade for Martins, uh, I don't know if I can not give him an A. Uh, we we have to. He he did very well. The game plan worked, and we were dominant. It was some end to end, but you know what? We came out on top. Can't can't fault him for anything else besides, of course, not using Solis. I can be a little upset about it, but I won't dock him points this time. Uh, and for Socrates, I do want to give a special shout out as well for something else. So you guys remember that we were for a long period of time conceding goal after goal after goal off of set pieces. Everybody remembers that, right? 
And we said when Socrates came in, he's a leader in the back. You know, once he gels with the team, he'll be the guy that's kind of pointing that stuff out and keeping that from happening. Do you guys remember the last time we had a set piece scored against us? That wasn't a penalty, by the way. Um, I'm glad you brought this point up because there were a couple of instances during the game today where, you know, we we gave away set pieces or corners and, Mm -hmm. and the ball went past the first post and it cleared three players. And I thought, oh, God, here we go again. And every time I think we cleared a set piece, who was the one that cleared it? Yeah. Costa, you you like read my mind. You knew I was going there with it. And we haven't conceded a set piece, non-penalty, since March. That Larissa game, right after the first leg against Arsenal, we have not conceded a set piece. It only took Socrates a month to gel with the defense and and shape things up. Now, maybe, of course, Martins was working on things, but I really believe a lot of it had to do with Socrates. For me, he's since he's joined, he's been arguably the best center back in Greece since he's joined us. And, uh, you know, uh, I'll die on that mountain because I think he's been incredible. I think he's really shaped us for set pieces. And huge shout out to Socrates, my cousin. My, if we ever get this guy on a pod, I am so worried about what the chat is going to do and say. If I'm on, if we have him and I'm on at the same time as him, I'm so worried about it. I will. We'll need to ask him. Like, does do you see the resemblance? That would that would make my day if he was just like, yeah, yeah, this guy looks like me <laughs> with no glasses. I'll do it with no glasses too. Throw throw an Arsenal kit on or throw an Olympiacos kit on. Get him to throw one of his on um costa again with with a nice comment the preseason training for 2021-22 will be crucial and the boost that is going to give the players under pedro martin's guide is going to be amazing we have almost two years to make preseason preparation for that reason it is going to be key to evaluate the squad from alpha to omega so karate's is huge transfer great performance so far i love his game totally agree um one last comment i will make just because uh i don't think we've brought it up Jose Holebas got sent off today. Uh, as far as I understand, if they're... Oh, God, Fetanos. No, I think... You're killing me, man. <laughs> I think Pulguras and Svarnas are, are better, quote JVS, is what Fetanos says. But <laughs> um, if, if there is any confusion, as far as I understand this, Holebas will be able to play as, as of now in the cup final. He's going to miss the Aris game hilarious from Evo, I love that Greece. it doesn't this translate like Greece. that makes no sense at all but like Jonevas has actually <laughs> been pretty integral to our team uh and Ba is TBD to return so thanks thanks Gramenos or whoever put that like ridiculous it's, draconian rule in place but in, in what other country does that happen <laughs> you get sent off in a competition in the cup but but your suspension is is in a league game what <laughs> so okay. Watch, so, watch okay. him get sent off against Panathinaikos in the last game, and then has to sit out the cup final. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there were clearly some afters there. Like he got that. I think he got a yellow early in the in in the second half, and then there yeah. was a Fabric uh, Castro. He barged into Holebas, and then he barged into I think it was Envilla or Valbuena in, in in the 80th minute. And, uh, and you can see Holebas just went street mode on him. He's like, nah, mate, you're not getting past me. <laughs> Little clip in the back of the feet. He's like, okay. He knew he, was, he knew he didn't he want to play against Adi, so yeah. I, I respect what? it. <laughs> One other quick comment, back to like kind of what Costa was talking about. 
you know, that, that 2021-2022 season, I know this was a segment we were going to do on a previous podcast. We got to do it on a future one. It's the last year for Pedro Martins. It's the last year on his contract. So do, do you guys think we get to the 2021-2022 season? Is there any hope, one, that we keep him for the entire fourth season, or two, that he renews and we keep him longer? Has any Greek team ever had a coach in the last 40 years beyond four seasons or four, four seasons? I actually was trying to research this. And is it, it combined <laughs> Takis Lemonis? Like if you combine Manolo Jimenez and I combined over like five different stints with the club. Bajevich was three. And that's the last, that's the only one I could find in like the modern era that, that, that falls under that. And I, I, guys, I don't want to go back to this, like, you know, after Martins and then we go, it's like, oh, this coach this year, this coach this year. Like, it's so nice. You know, okay, you know what? Maybe we haven't had the European success everybody has desired. But the 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 continuity under him, Costa, Costa, Adi, we keep him another five years. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you guys, I, I hope Marinaiki, if it's a, if it's like a money thing, Look, tell Mighty Nike, just give this guy the money. If you got to shrink the transfer budget to keep Martins an extra five years, I'm okay with it because this is the guy that makes the team tick. This He's making something of nothing from all of these random transfers that we thought nothing would come of. So uh, just give him what he wants. He says he loves Greece. He loves it here. You know what? Just, just give him what he wants. Give him maybe like something in Glifada, a little property too. You know, just whatever you got to do to keep them here. Just We keep on dreaming that Martins will stay. That's uh, <laughs> we're just going to hope. But I mean, yeah, Adi, what you said, like we've said it before, man. If anyone's unhappy with anything, well, I mean, aside from a few nitpicky things that we talk about, but like overall in terms of the success and the results, if anyone's actually unhappy, like you don't want to know if what's what might happen if he leaves, man. Like if we get like a Hazi 2.0 or like one of these managers and we just like, do you want to get one point in a European uh, group again? Like, we've never done, like, we are so ahead of that with Martins. I don't think people know how good they have it if they're complaining about him. And I I do fear as well if he leaves. So hopefully, um, maybe it's just free feta or free eleolado that he wants. Um, but that's how you say olive oil, right? But anyway... Um, Maybe that's what he wants, and then we'll just give him that. As as we used to say in the old Perez International ad, uh, if you need olive oil shipped, maybe we can ship some olive oil to uh, to Martins. Well, don't forget, he takes his whole squ- – that squad has been with him for 10 years, his support staff and training staff. So he goes – they go with him. That's, 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 that's the even like, scarier that's part. The, like that's the also, scouting. That's, terrible. <laughs> that's It's really bad. Yeah, totally. Uh, Fetano says – I'm sure Poyatos is ready for another stint in Greece. I'm all right, man. I, I'm good. We don't, yeah, no. <laughs> but anyway, um, as we begin to wrap up, Costa, uh, another very nice comment. Um, 96% of us do love him. It's true. It's the 4% that end up in our replies on social media, and we're like, what are you lot thinking? All but the anyway, time. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, 
yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you to everyone who showed up to the live. We know it's uh, a weird time. It's a bit later. Oh yeah, give Martins a statue. Panos Ayirakis, you nailed it. Next season is going to be a great season, guys. I have a good feeling. After that, I have, the statue. I have a good feeling. I have, yeah, after maybe that, after that, the statue. statue. Round of yeah, 16 Champions fair. League statue. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. Um, but anyway, as we wrap up, thank you everybody so much for listening, especially if you've made it this far. Sorry about the weird timing. Also, I um, should have mentioned this at the beginning, but this weekend is Easter uh, for, for Orthodox Greeks who will be celebrating Easter. I won't be celebrating, but I mean, these these guys are. Um, little Mihari's first Easter, for example. So um, we probably won't be recording an episode. Uh, I think this is the first, like, the first sort of uh, weekend or week we've taken off. But uh, it's a holiday and there's no game. There's very little to talk about. So barring like Florentino Perez comes out and says like the Super League is back and Olympiacos are in, uh, we will not be recording an episode. So keep your eyes out for us. After the Adis game next week, we'll be dropping something to talk about the game. Um, and I think we also have basketball coming up as well, Costa. So we not doing, yeah, we will be doing a, a basketball pod next Thursday with the okay. red, with the red point guard, uh, some of the red point guard guys. So look yes. out for that for sure. Yep. So we've got basketball for basketball fans. Uh, if you've got any basketball fan friends, let them know. Uh, Cause we don't do those very much, obviously, but little wrap up of the EuroLeague season for Olympiacos. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed the game. We're through to the final. And uh, Costa's got one more thing, and then we'll sign off. Yeah, guys, um, as Peter said, it's Orthodox Greek Easter this weekend. So bearing that in mind, uh, I would just like to say to all our Greek listeners, uh, all our Orthodox listeners, Kali Anastasi, Kalo Pascha, and see you next time. Adaya. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Stomialo kati magiko.